Hey guys, welcome back to the Just Realized podcast. It's your girl, Katie. And today I have a really, really fun episode for you. So you guys know that my jam is to just share all the resources, all the tips and tricks that I am learning to just be the very best version of myself, whether that's personally, professionally, in my business, as a mom, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the fuck it is. Because as women, we are very multifaceted and we play many different roles in life. So today's episode is actually an interview with someone that I call a friend, someone that is a client, and just also someone that I really, really love. So my friend, Dot Rock, and I sit down with her. She is actually a business scaling guru, right? So she has years and years of experience and finance and HR. And now she has left corporate America to help other women scale their businesses and figuring out what their zone of genius is, where they can get help and where they can grow their business. And it was an amazing eye-opening conversation because when we use words like scale and grow, we naturally think that everything's getting bigger and it feels scarier and it's more work. But she left me with just an amazing sense of how it's really just about growing who I am as a person and into the life that I really want. And maybe that is with working less. Maybe it's with working more, but it's not always more. Sometimes it's about less so we can create more and that we can have more fun in our lives. But lots of gems. We talk about how she does that. And there is a little shameful plug for my not shameful, not shameful plug, shameless, that's the word I'm looking for, a shameless plug for my business because she is a client of mine and we talk about the energy of styling and how it has helped her and how it can help other women. And she dropped some gems there around that too. It's a business expense, ladies, because your brand image is about your business and it helps you gain more opportunities and show up more confidently. But all in all, it was just a really, really fun conversation. She makes me laugh. Um, We just had a really relaxed, laid back. It's just a coffee chat. So check it out today if you are looking for just some flat out inspiration or some really easy tips and tricks on how to even start making the first steps to scaling. She dropped three really, really, really good, easy things that would benefit you today that you can get started on. And let me tell you, it's way more simple than you think. So check it out and let me know what you guys like, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. I hope you enjoy. What I what I see is that people will say, oh, well, I don't want to grow. I don't need to scale. It's not necessarily about growth. It's about getting in alignment, in my opinion, right? And- All right. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super, super pumped for today's episode because I have someone very near and dear to me on the show, my friend Dot. I'm going to go with Dot Rock. Can Perfect. I call you this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so- I'm officially changing my name to that soon, which I think you might be one of the first people for me to actually tell. I think that's what I'm going to change my name to. Well, since you I heard it here first. <laughs> Um, so Dot and I 
it's funny because I feel like I say this all the time because it's the last fucking place I went before the pandemic. But Dot and I met in real life in Detroit back in February of 2020, shared a room and had a like basically a girls' night sleepover. But Dot is a friend. She's also a client. And more importantly, she is the business scaling guru. So today we're going to get real deep and dirty on how to scale your business, what it actually means to scale your business. And then just like those baby steps to even start getting your mind there. Like when I think about this being a brand new entrepreneur, the idea of like scaling and hiring and firing makes me want to vomit. And I know that's where you really show up. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was our last, our last hoorah last February. Do you remember we sat in like a restaurant really close to other people? Their dog was basically in your lap. Oh, the yes. little puppy having breakfast in Detroit. And now I can't even imagine being that close to other humans that I've never been in contact with, you know? Oh like, my God. oh my I God. Forgot about the, that. Yeah. All the fears we have now that, you know, we didn't have that nice last weekend of um, pure bliss. Yeah. And that restaurant was like the size of my living room. And I forgot, like we were sitting on top of them so much. So I was like, can I just touch your dog? <laughs> totally. I think we have a picture of you with I the think, dog. Or, I think I so. I was like, can I send a picture to my husband? He's <laughs> awesome. That is hilarious. I totally forgot. And why so many things have changed. So we also can't go around people, but you and I have both started our own businesses. So that's exciting. Yeah. We left corporate. We, um, as our friend Jesse would say, we fucked the fucked the handcuffs and the handcuffs. walked away, um, which I knew I would do last February um, when we were in Detroit. But I remember like laying in bed next to you and you're talking about your job. And I just wanted to be like, there is no way that is your <laughs> zone of genius, girl. <laughs> but I was like, she's not ready to hear that. No. And I don't think I even still was ready, even when I got let go. But now I'm like, oh, thank God, because I don't, I wouldn't have left. I wouldn't have yeah. left. Isn't it such a blessing that sometimes we're like, sometimes we can run towards what lights us up and take hard steps. And other times we get really forced into it. Um, and both have equally high um, reward factors of, of, living your truth. Yeah, that's so true. They really do. It's been an amazing journey. So talking about business, let's talk about business. So tell us a little bit about you and your background and just you, the dot rock. And then we will start talking about what it means to scale and all that fun stuff. All right. Sounds good. Well, of course, like you and I've talked about this before, but people often hear Beth when they hear the name dot, which I don't know where that comes from. And uh, I think you've told me people call you Katie bug. Like what is this identity crisis of uh, being hurt? Like my name is not Beth. My name is dot. <laughs> D O T. <laughs> I don't wear polka dots because people poke me. This is something we talked about in our styling. Um, oh anyway, so, yeah, my background is that I, uh, when I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to be or do. Um, I was, like, going to be a doctor. I was going to be a lawyer. 
Um, I finally settled on getting a business degree and then going to law school was my plan. Um, one of my mentors, I was a throwback like Thursday. I was a congressional intern in Washington, DC in the year Mm. 2000. This was during the Bush Gore election. I was 18 years old walking around the Capitol, um, giving tours of it every day and being a congressional intern. Um, and one of my mentors that I met there, a man named Sam Maines, um, he has since long since passed away, was one of our lobbyists. And he, um, years later, we ran into each other, reconnected in our lives and had no idea. We both lived in the same town in wow. Colorado, Durango, Colorado. And he was like, you should get, he knew I was getting an accounting degree at the time. And I chose accounting because it was the hardest business degree. What, why would I not make my life as hard? hard? I, oh, I always pick the challenge every time. Um, I like being pushed. I like, um, I like intensity. I'm an Enneagram eight. Have you done your Enneagram yet? I think I'm a three, but I don't know that much about it. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk about Enneagrams. More well, what's an Enneagram eight mean? Tell us what it means. The challenger. So okay. challengers and we like all things intense. And for a lot of Enneagram work is actually about um, the basis of it is where our childhood fears are, lie, mm-hmm. right? And how that continues to motivate us. And, um, and that's where like our personal growth work is. So for uh, Enneagram 8, we do not like to be controlled. At some point in our lives, we... Um, and I'm not an Enneagram expert, by the way. So people who are listening um, <laughs> for Enneagram eights, like at some point in our life, our one of our primary caregivers or both, we couldn't, we didn't feel like we could trust for some reason. Um, and so we became extremely independent mm. and um, self-reliant and we like to do our own thing. So I love that. Um, you don't um, have to say Enneagram eights have the hardest time telling other people there's the most shame involved really for eights to t- mm. tell people that they're eights because there's a lot of stories about people who are eights one mm. i think a, a recent eight used to be president maybe oh anyway just saying so <laughs> well, eights are intense people <laughs> you are cracking me up yeah anyway so a three i always tell myself i think i'm a three because Threes, what are threes Threes like being visible. They they love their um they are really motivated individuals as well. They are constantly trying to achieve things to a fault. To a fault. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. Yes. Cause I was so, like when you said the challenger, you're like, I always pick hard things. I was like, mm, I feel like I can see pieces of that. Yeah. So, so you get the accounting degree and so then I got my work. accounting degree and then I got all the, so what, what my plan at the time was like, I'll get my accounting degree and then I'm going to go like get a commercial pilot's license and fly for a while. Cause I wanted to fly airplanes. Um, and then eventually like, I was like, well, eventually like everything will fall into place and I'm not that worried about my career. Like I just, but I knew I wanted this big life. Mm-hmm. In, involved like you know including flying airplanes and I was just like well whatever it's all gonna work itself out I want to go skydiving I want to do these other things like 
much more of my focus. Um, and then I got recruited by a big international accounting firm called KPMG. Mm-hmm. When I was like a junior in college, they essentially gave me a job offer. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go do that. So are they one of the big four? Yeah, they're one of the big four accounting okay. firms in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, Enron was happening. And that's part of why I chose accounting. I thought, oh, well, when I own my own business someday, whatever that would be, right? Yeah. I would need to know accounting. Otherwise, yes. I think CPAs are the most boring humans on the face of the earth. I remember thinking this. One of <laughs> no my offense, high school- Sheena, if you're listening. No offense, like, <laughs> Sheena, one of the loves of my life. But this is, I'm, I'm like going back into my college body um, mind. Yeah. Um, and I remember I had a French teacher in high school. She was married to his name. Tallest out of her CPA husband. I was like, he must be the boringest human on the entire face of the planet. Oh my God. That's Because hilarious. he's a CPA. Like that was my, and I thought like, CPAs are not social people. Well, it turns out I work for KPMG. And when you're an auditor, a financial statement auditor, instead of in tax, which she knows tax actually. So, mm-hmm. but she's not boring. No. And actually a lot of CPAs are not boring. I have a lot of CPA friends now. So See? not knocking on the CPAs. <laughs> I'm still a CPA. Um, anyway, I met all these young professionals who were also really extroverted, really fun people. Um, and it was a really fun job. Um, and it was also incredibly boring for me. Like I liked the parts of the job where I went and talked to the CFOs and the CEOs of these big fortune 500 companies and talked about why the numbers were working the way they did. But I did not like the spreadsheet lands and the like quiet time with my computer for hours on end. Right. And so I did public accounting for a while. Um, and then I finally got out of public accounting, I think in like 2009 and um, shifted to work for several different municipalities, several different companies, started my first business, moved across country, and then worked for somebody. And it just was in these finance roles where I oversaw HR a lot. And I was like, I hate HR. I hate HR people. Like, so there's a trend here. Every time I say <laughs> like something extreme, the universe kicks me later on, right? So mm-hmm. But I really loved people. And so eventually I was a business manager and CFO of a rocket engine test facility. Seriously, rocket science. And we always had these HR issues. And I was like, I'm not HR. I don't know. I'm I do like I do all the business management stuff, but I don't do HR. You want HR, we get a lawyer or an HR person. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out a lot of that was because I had fear because I didn't know what the rules were, right? And, um, then I had a big life shift. I, I had a major hip surgery. I got a, uh, hip labor reconstruction four years ago in May. And, um, I got a cadaver in my body. As I say, your hip and has a name, right? Miles. I miles. It, miles. And for a long time, I thought that miles was a man, like, and now like, I'm like, wait a second, you've had such a transformation towards the feminine since that hip. Um, it's very likely that, that she's a girl, but who knows? <laughs> I, I always um, kind of get distracted. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's a part of who I am, right? So I, I took a job as a HR director of a school district at that time. And the thing was, is I had overseen HR in my career for probably 15 years mm-hmm. and um, I loved it. 
I loved the people. I loved combining the people side with strategy and helping move people around in an organization and get them to um, live out their strengths, what I would call their zone of genius, putting them in the right place. And um, I just loved it. And I also got to still oversee payroll. So I still had like a lot of numbers in my world and analytical stuff. um, And it was a great fit. But that being said, I took that job because it aligned with my life to be, I was a single mom of a little boy and I was, I was raising him essentially alone. His dad would come once a month for a day or two um, on the weekend and he lived in another town and it was on me, but my schedule aligned. And so there was a lot about that job that opened up a lot of passions for me. Um, But in that job, being a school district, I really started to see that efficiencies bothered me. Like Mm. this could be done better. This could be smoother. This could be faster. We could put in process X, Y, and Z. And I really started to see that that was a zone of genius for me along with my people skills. Um, And as I started working with our our shared coach, Heather Chauvin, that you and Mm -hmm. I both had at the same time while, while we were in Detroit, it came clear to me that I wanted to help people scale their business. I wanted to help small business owners get back to their zone of genius. You started your business as a stylist to style people, not not to hire people, not to fire people, not to do all the behind the scenes stuff. I love (laughs) no spreadsheets, but I like absolutely love spreadsheets and creating a spreadsheet that we can track things is fun to me. Yeah. Um, Right. But to you, that makes you want to vomit. So yes, I think that's what scaling is. If there's something in your business that makes you want to vomit, your energy is being spent in a way that clogs up all the wheels. Mm -hmm. It slows everything down because you're probably avoiding it longer than you should. You're probably anxious about it. All the things like, and then you do it and it might take you an hour to do something but you just spent like three weeks putting it off or for most people who need to scale their business, um, they put it off for years until kind of similar to you, something really big happens, a huge surgery that they need six weeks off and they have to rely on somebody else to be them. There's this story of, well, if only I could clone myself, I would, I would hire yeah. How many times have women said that about so many different things? Like so many. Well, I mean, thank God other people can clean my house and I don't have to yeah. do that. Like, so I want to go back to, and you said like, if it's a thing that makes you want to throw up, just mm-hmm. be really clear is that if it makes you want to throw up because it's something that you know, you should be doing to up level is different than doing the things that you know you don't need to do anymore like finding ourselves Mm -hmm. busying ourselves with things that aren't impactful and i believe like what is it called the highest leverage action like i try to think okay Mm -hmm. what can i do today that's going to make the most impact for my clients it's not my taxes (laughs) or my payroll or whatever it is it's not and you know i think for me when i scale people's businesses they also are like well i don't want to grow well that doesn't mean we're not scaling you. What we're doing is when you, when I think of scaling, I think of those scales, right? I'm going to try to show you like, you know, they're like out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Like when you're holding the justice scale. 
it's the choice one's higher skill. than yeah. the other one's higher than the other and what you want to do is get those in balance mm -hmm. so because let's, i was yeah, gonna say let's back up for one second because i was reading some stuff that you were posting because my goal is to be scaling by the end of the year so this interview is just as much personal as it is for everybody else Let's go back to like what your definition of scaling is, because I feel like there's a little bit of misconception of what it means to scale. And I think that's where you're headed with the, right. I don't want to grow. Well, and I also would say that I have a very different approach to scaling than most other people um, in that space. First of all, I bring the accounting side and the HR side to it. And so there's a lot of strategy there. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I see is that people will say, oh, well, I don't want to grow. I don't need to scale. It's not necessarily about growth. It's about getting in alignment, in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you can get in alignment and you stop doing things, um, spending your time on things that are not your zone of genius, that are not like people start spending a lot of time on things that are their zone of excellence because it's mm -hmm. easy for them mm -hmm. yet not actually what like lights you up what's your zone of genius it's where you're spending time that time goes by quickly and you don't even notice that you are working and you could essentially do that all day long for me that's time i spend directly with my clients or even doing interviews like this just one-on-one -on -one time with people where i'm connecting Yes. Um, so go ahead. I was going to give a really good example. So like for me, podcasting like this, talking to women, I could do this for, we could be here for five hours and it would feel like 10 minutes to me, but the back end work on the podcast is not my zone of genius. Like, yes, it's easy. Yeah. Yes. I can write show notes. Yes. I can post on Instagram, but that to me is a really good example of your genius versus your excellence. Right. And the way I see it, from a very feminine perspective is where are you spending your energy? Right. Mm -hmm. And like I said, those wheels that get clogged when we spend our energy on things that don't light us up actually um, are these upper limit issues that we have in our lives. And, and we start telling ourselves stories like I don't have the money to hire mm -hmm. support. My business isn't there yet. Um, well, I'd have to clone myself to do that because I'm a perfectionist. That one comes up a lot for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, everybody has these like really consistent stories with this. But when you start, like when I start scaling a business, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is write down your time for like a, f a few weeks and, or, and, you know, then we'll put it in some categories like, and what could somebody else be doing? There's okay. a, there's a lot of, um, beliefs that you have to do it yourself or you don't have the money. But what would happen if you were to hire somebody right now to do your show notes, to do all the things that you say, I don't like doing this. I do not want to keep doing this. Then Is, I could do you, much more fun stuff. More fun stuff. But also like you would open up these channels in you that would more creativity would flow in and you'd be like, oh yeah this is next, this is next. And you mm -hmm, would, mm -hmm. but we hold ourselves down and we hold ourselves back by not um, hiring the people we need. And there's a whole, there's many reasons for that. People, small business owners, you, you didn't become a stylist because you know how to hire people. Facts. Do you, do you <laughs> have a business degree? I mean, there's all the like people, there's story after story after story after why they can't do that. It's all just your upper limit, right? Like if you, 
start. I, well, my number one recommendation for people is go ahead and start your, I don't want to do this anymore list. Mm. Make a Google document. And every time you're doing something that you don't want to continue to do in your business, you write it down. I'm actually that writing that up, down right now. Yeah. That <laughs> ends up becoming your job description when you decide to hire, right? Like do that for a few weeks and then look at it and be like, oh, look, all of this is admin related stuff. I could hire an admin virtual assistant to do this. Okay. So there's my job description already written. And then you're like, well, wait a second. If, if I, if this person's doing all of this, I've got a job description written. I can like already have clarity on how to hire them. Why am I not doing it? And then what does this free up? Yeah. So you answered, I think my next question was going to be how, because I completely agree with you that most, my biggest challenge with being a entrepreneur is my mindset. I don't think yeah. it's my reach. I don't think it's my Instagram. I don't think, or how many people follow me on Instagram. I literally think my biggest challenge of this is mindset and I can manifest or whatever, any version of, I need to be, if I can show up in my highest energy. So if someone's like listening right now and all their shit has kicked up, I'm sure just like mine is. And they're thinking like, okay, well, how do I know if I'm telling myself a story or if I'm ready is starting with that list just like the best place to start? I think it's the best place to start. I, you know, I, um, I, that's how I personally did it. I started this list and then I was able to just categorize it and be like, oh, look how, look how much I resist marketing and social media mm -hmm. and being visible. Like, what's that about? And that helps me to dive into some of my like deeper beliefs that, when I was raised, that being visible was shameful, mm -hmm. and I shouldn't do that, and I shouldn't outshine my sibling. Yeah, I remember because about that. then he feels bad, right? Like mm -hmm. all the it's it's stories. it's all related. It's a, mm -hmm. They're all stories, right? But I feel like there's a lot of clarity in writing down what you don't want to do, and then you start like you can also write down what you do want to do. What do you want to spend your time doing? And when are you going to be ready to commit to spending more time in your zone of genius? Maybe you start with like 30% of your time, zone of genius, 40%. In two years, I want to be to 75%. What would that look like? Oh, that's amazing. And, and then you can start writing down, okay, if I want somebody else to do show notes, what it is about my style of doing show notes that I want somebody else to do. And you can, you just, just spend an hour like typing up your process. Mm. Then you so have that's how you can documents. get over that. Oh, yeah. Right. Like you're just like, okay, well, I, I am going to accept that I don't want to do this anymore. That is okay that I don't want to do this anymore. And guess what? The coolest part about this is that that is someone else's zone of genius. That's so cool. I love what you said. Like, so if I write down my list of shit I don't do anymore, that becomes my job application. If I write down my process, the way I think and how I show up, that becomes my training manual. So every time I just sit down with myself and I'm honest with myself and document this stuff, I use those documents in my business to scale my business. Right. Because you're just allowing yourself clarity. Like <sighs> so the powerful. basis of the scaling work that I do with people is clarity. Like, what is it that you want everyone who works for you in your business to 
to what, what's important to you. What are those pillars? Right. And, but the clearer you are on who you are and, and what you want this to look like and what you do and do not want to do, the more clarity you can share with others. And then it becomes easy to have a team. That sounds amazing. Because you're like, I'm Katie Allen, the stylist, and this is what's important to us mm-hmm. as a and team. As a team. And, and here's our theme of the month. And hey, if you need help with um, show notes and admin stuff, Jill's your girl, right? And you mm-hmm. just like, you start lifting each other up because the others have a zone of genius too. And the more comfortable you are with sharing what yours is and what lights you up, the more comfortable your team will be with, with saying yes or no to certain things. I love that. Like I have multiple assistants. Some are great at admin. Some are great at social media. Sometimes one can be like, Hey, guess what? I don't like doing this. And the other will be like, I love it. I love it. I love it. Pick me as tribute. I love that. I just have to make sure that my first assistant's name is Beth, though. It's not going to be Jill. Beth. Beth. Yeah, not, not that. I mean, <laughs> not, Beth, uh, Beth. not Jill, Beth, but Beth. Beth. <laughs> that cracks me up. So the next thing on my mind, like as we're talking through this, and like I said, I'm definitely thinking for myself is, well, how do I find those people? And like, how do I trust? how do you build that relationship and then i'll set that money piece to the side for a few minutes let's talk about just like even beginning the search for people and connecting okay so i think that's just another story that pops up for people that i can't Mm -hmm. find somebody yes um and it's just another limiting belief and i think the first thing you need to do is like wave at that and acknowledge it and then maybe the next time you think about it you will be like wait a second I can find somebody. Mm-hmm. How do I do this? I mean, okay, so let's pretend you need it. You want a house cleaner. Mm-hmm. How are you going to find somebody to be a house cleaner? Um, first, I'm going to ask people I know. And then they're so probably going to give me a couple. And then I'll probably look on Google or do some research. And then I'm going to talk to some people. And then we'll, and if I'm really clear on like what I want, because I would be right. Cause I know exactly yeah. what I want. It'd be yeah. really easy for me to talk to those people and see if they fit and if they want to do the things that I need them to do. Right. And so let's say you also like, it's really important to you that they clean out your fridge every time. Mm-hmm. Well, will they know that you want your fridge cleaned out every time or are we going to have to tell them that that's one of your expectations? I will have to tell them. Right. Okay. So the same with how do we find those people that we're going to hire for our business? You, you ask people, yeah. you like, you ask for support because it's an equal, it, it's an exchange of energy, right? Mm-hmm. To ask others to share their experiences. So ask other, like, make a list of your trusted um, peers, mm-hmm. other entrepreneurs, um, and even family members, maybe, um, or friends, um, mm-hmm. and maybe post on social media, hey, I'm looking for this. So Because it's- maybe somebody's following you right now on social media that's like, I'm in love with Katie Allen and the work that she does. And they're maybe they're a stay at home mom right now Mm -hmm. and they want to do like five hours of work. So what would it look like if you put that ask out into the world? This is what I'm looking for. You already created your job description, right? Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the things I don't want to do, right? <laughs> yeah. So you just put it put it out there as an ask with a mm. lot of clarity. Like part of why people really struggle to find the people that they want is that they have so much fear about hiring that they won't step into it. Mm-hmm. One of the easy ways to step into it is to make that list of what you don't want to do. Then you have your job description. Then that's your ask. And you start sharing that. And you ask people, have you hired anybody who does this? And they're like, oh, no, but you know what? My friend did. And she really loves this person. So, and. And then I feel like somebody had told me one time what I was part of a different conversation and I was the one asking and they said, yeah, but most of the times if someone does something in it, even if they're at capacity, they know other people like them as well. Exactly. Right? So ask that person. Cause Beth knows another Beth. Yep. All the Beths know each other. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. You crack me up. So it's really just back to the mindset piece then just like it's everything just else. Mindset stuff. But you know, the thing that's, that's really different about scaling a business that entrepreneurs need help with is you're in your business because you love what you do, not because you love accounting Mm -hmm. and hiring. And that's why it can be so important to look at areas of your business that you should seek support in getting there. Right. Yeah. Because like, if you hire someone like me, I'm going to hold you accountable to scaling. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And you're going to pay a little bit of money to do that, but then you're going to grow. Right. And so for me, like I use Savannah Mm -hmm. to do my website stuff. I don't want to be wasting time on website. It's not my area. Could I do it? You bet. I can do anything. That's right. And that holds me back in my business. Mm Mm-hmm. I, if I don't ask for support on those things, I like to say, look at the areas of your business that you just aren't your thing and hire support there. I love that. So then let's just go at the elephant in the room. And I know the big one for a lot of people is money, right? So, so I'm hiring support, which I'm a firm, firm believer in investing because no, every time I've invested in anything, regardless if it was what I thought it was, or maybe it was more than I thought it was on some level I up-leveled. But whether it's investing to get the support, so hiring a dot rack, or it's investing, meaning now I'm actually going to pay for someone else. And I think, and again, this is my own shit, but I'm sure people can relate. There are days I'm not sure how I'm going to support myself. So how could I support someone else, even though I know it would free me up to be more um, capable? And I actually probably would generate more profits, but how... Like, what's the first step or how do you help someone over that hump? I mean, the first thing I say is after you have that list of things you don't want to do, think about how many hours mm-hmm. of time that is. So maybe it's like, you're like, oh, well, that takes me 10 hours. Well, I bet somebody else who that's their area of genius can do it in like three. True. Right. And so you think about like, oh, well what does it look like for me to hire help three to five hours a month and just start small? Like, um, and because when you start small like that, you can, um, you can also accept that there's going to be some time training them and getting them used to like what your business is. And, um, then all of a sudden you'll look back and be like, well, I have a lot more time now. Now what do I do? Because now you have more time and more energy, 
you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do a launch and I'm going to like, it frees up your time and your energy, which is money. Yeah. Think about, um, think about what your hourly rate is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely worth the investment. And I like, even just hearing you say, oh, well, just invest small and start and like, Hey, it takes you 10 hours. It takes someone three hours. I'm like, duh. How come I never thought about that? Cause I'm only focusing on the amount of time it takes me to do something like that. So I think, Oh, well now I'm, this person has to spend that much time doing that. And it feels like you couldn't afford it, but actually you're saving money on top of money. Right. And you know, or you find some, like you can interview people and say like, how much time do you think it would take you to do this? And they'll, if that's what they do, they're going to tell you what it takes. Yeah. And then you just um, and gave... it's like hiring, hiring a babysitter, right? Like, okay, if I got a babysitter for two hours, how much work could I get done tonight? Good point. As I said, I feel right? like you just gave everyone permission to just start small. And I feel like that's the biggest thing is a lot of time we have that big picture. And especially when you're coming from like your, you, you leverage your own experience and you think about like, oh, I used to have a job 40 hours a week. I need, and if I hire someone, it's equal to that, but it's not. <laughs> Right. Think different. I'm actually going to host a um, a workshop for solopreneurs. I think it's May 22nd. That's a Saturday. Yeah, we are going to do this work together, where we make our list and we check it twice, and we start hiring and we take the actual action together as a group. Um. So I I wrote it down. It's on my list. It's on my list. Great. And this episode will be out before then. So everybody has a chance to sign up for that. Um, Wow. Well, between the I don't want to do this anymore list, between this is how I do it and here are my training documents and oh, what takes me 10 hours can take that person three hours, which saves me money, which costs me less money for them. And now I'll like every creative person and I'm sure every entrepreneur, but I'm thinking of myself, we have so many ideas of so many things. And I can't tell you how many times in a day I say, oh, well, God, if I had more time, I could do this and I can make the coolest videos and I can, you know, come up with all these new ways to serve my clients. So there is so much opportunity there. But those little, those little nuggets are calling you, right? Because there's something about that there. That's a part of your purpose. And and what the world needs from you to share with them, right? Yes. Like, does the world need show notes? Uh, not my, well, <laughs> not from I mean, me. And that's the thing, like, sometimes people are also spending their time on things. Yeah. But do you really need to do that? Yeah. Okay, other shows have show notes. Good point. Doesn't mean Does I it matter? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we're, we spend our time on, sometimes on things because we have to. Are we, and yep. we should, we should be spending our things on, well, I want to. So last night, case in point, I've been sick since we got back from Mexico for like the last week and a half. Now I've got all these allergies. I got a massage yesterday. Mm-hmm. I took a bath last night and I had the hugest aha for one of my clients Ooh. in the bath. Right. And that's because I paused to take care of me first So, you know, I have a blog that I write personally called Oxygen First, Mm -hmm. and that's what that's about, right? Like when we put oxygen first on, when we take care of ourselves first, that's when the best ideas come. 
Yes. Yes. And I wasn't spinning my wheels. I wasn't sitting in front of a computer. I was taking a bath, listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it just like hit you I like lightning. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I think this is what this client needs. Yeah, I love that. That's and that's the same thing as when I pause to go for a walk with my dog during the day. I usually will solve a client's issue that sitting in front of the computer, I can't. It's so funny that you said that because my husband and I have been trying to take walks every afternoon, like uh, around like two or three to kind of like break up that afternoon slump. And almost every single time, that's where I write content for my Instagram or where I come up with the idea for my Instagram almost every single time. Like my best videos, the ones that I think are the best, the best ones, because it's like, I'm not doing anything else. I gave myself permission to get up away from the computer and I'm like, oh, this is it. And I'm just like typing away. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, leave me alone. Don't talk. I have an idea. It's like an energy exchange. You know, you like Mm -hmm. let your body physically move. I mean, I have my workouts on the calendar six days a week Mm -hmm. and that is sacred space for me because when I don't do that, I end up spinning my wheels more. My energy gets stuck. I'm more frustrated. I'm not good with the kids, blah, 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 blah. But you move your body. Yes. Or you rest, lay in the bath, which is what you need. Mm -hmm. You can, you're more to more people. And you're scaling just by doing that. (laughs) You're scaling just by doing that. Like what's one of the very first thing that solopreneurs need, need to do if they're not is take care of themselves first. I agree a thousand. I think being a solopreneur has highlighted my physical health in a way that has never been highlighted. Like I have seen, and especially like in these last couple months, just, I have to eat. Like if I'm going to show up for a client and be my best self and get being that zone of genius mm-hmm. for them, I have to be eating. I have to be taking care of myself. I have to be hydrated. I have to have worked out so I can show up for them like a thousand percent the way I want to. Mm-hmm. And it has like put a spotlight on my physical health, but like in a completely different way, like not because I want to look good in a bathing suit, but like, because right. it helps me be that best version of me. I love that. Absolutely. And you know what? That segues me into being the best version of yourself, Mrs. Dot Rock. Um, another part of this that I wanted to talk to you about was, I mean, not only are you a dear friend and I love your business and I can't wait to be your client, but you just finished working up with me and I would love to integrate how leaning into yourself and not just with the working out, which is totally a sacred space and eating right But if you can just talk a little bit about how stepping into that space of wanting to be seen and like how styling and really thinking about how you've dressed and how you could channel your energy and how that shifted for you and what um, impacts you've seen in your business. Yes. um, So many impacts to my business by working with you. Um, But I don't even know like what exactly it was that that made me step into this with you. There was already like trust factor. Um, but this year, um, 2021, when I sat down to plan my, my year and, and just set some goals, I always just pick a theme. And for me this year, the theme was about visibility, um, in abundance. And mm-hmm. I recognized that to have the abundant life that I want, I needed to step into visibility um, and I didn't really know what that meant, but as the year started unfolding, 
one of the things was like, okay, I want to appear more on social media. Um, I want to write more from my blog, be more visible. Um, and I don't, I remember just one day sitting in my car, I was boxering you and I just had this like, oh, I know, I actually know what it was. My, my dear, um, friend hairstylist here, Mary Beth, um, I told her, I was like, I really want to get a jean jacket. And she like sent me a Poshmark link and she's like, gets this one. It's the best. And it's like this, I mean, I spent like $20 on this jean jacket and I ordered it and I got it. And I felt like a different person wearing this jean jacket. Right. And it made me think that what we wear every day has energy in it. Yes. And, and, um, I was carrying a lot of old energy and part of that was also very lack mindsetted in that like oh well this is still fine I'll keep using it but did it did I like it did it light me up was it a part of my vibrant self right and then you said something to me about like oh my god that means your style to match your vibrancy and your intensity Mm because right now it doesn't your level yeah. or your Enneagram eight energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like, I was just like, oh yeah. Okay. It's the absolute yes. Let's do this. Um, but I don't really like shopping. Like I'm a, um, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, pretty woman shopper where I go to the store like once every two or three years and I come back with like 80 bags and that's it. <laughs> and then I order like 10 pairs of shoes at the same time. And then they don't again for like five years. I just, don't like shopping and sending things back and on all the things. So um, there was a lot of discomfort in starting to work with you because of that. Right. But yeah. um, it was a part of a part of me stepping into the life that I want and crave and doing the things that I want. And when you sit down and journal about what you want out of life, um, part of that vision was like me and stylish outfits and like, um, I wasn't living that. Mm-hmm. And that was like a someday if, when. And what I've really started to recognize is that every time I have a someday if, when, it should be today. Mm-hmm. Today, I should be wearing the jeans. Okay, maybe uh, I'll have a size smaller in a few years, but it doesn't matter. I should wear the jeans. Yeah, today. Like, it, I guess it goes back to just like being present, right? Like, you should always just do it right here in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I know that this podcast is audio only, but like, I'm just looking at you and you have this super cute tank top and it's in a beautiful color. And I'm like, look at that. She is just showing up. Wearing color. Look at that. I love it. And it looks amazing. But I feel like the thing I've seen the most is like you said, it makes people feel more comfortable to do scary things, like things that they otherwise put off. Like, oh, I know I should be on, or I want to be on social media, but I can't, I don't know how. It's like giving you like this extra layer of like confidence to show up in your business yeah. in a new way. Absolutely. And like, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of the thing that happens during COVID. A lot of us didn't have to go anywhere. So what did I do? I wore my Lululemon leggings basically every day mm-hmm. and I love them and I look great in them. But there is a difference to waking up, showering, doing a little bit of personal care and putting on a banging outfit. Um, And for me, that's like very often jeans and a white t-shirt. 
with my leather jacket now <laughs> with my um cute jean jacket right and so i it's, it's for me it's like why hire you it's not my zone of genius yeah like yeah. i don't i just said i don't like shopping that much it's kind of overwhelming for me. Like you would probably like give me the exact same advice of like, okay, well you want a white t-shirt. So here's what's like, what, mm-hmm. like the same advice I just gave you to scale, right? Yep. It's, it's so easy for you, but it's, there's so many things that come up for me related to that. Oh, here's another one. Um, who am I to have a stylist? Yes. Guess what? Yes. It's a business expense. Yes. There you go. It's so a business expense, I, I'm ladies. I'm including that as a business expense. Um, marketing. Yeah, effort. it is. It it's is. Absolutely. It's a part of my brand. It's a part of my image. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's really uncomfortable for me to be visible. And, mm-hmm. and like when people say something, like I'll get these messages sometimes on social media, like, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm like, what? I'm not pretty. I'm <laughs> smart. You know, yeah, yeah, um, and I'm a good consultant, and you want me because I'm me, not because I'm pretty and, and I have so, great hair, <laughs> and that like will hold me back from stepping mm-hmm. into that. But working with someone like you, you make it easy, and you listen to who I am, and you just create easily. There's no mm-hmm. way I could do what you did oh, ever, you. nor would I like want, want to. to. <laughs> It makes me want to vomit. (laughs) When you were talking, I was like, every that's literally how I felt when you were like, if it's someday when, but it should actually be today that I wear the jean jacket. And I was like, this goes back to exactly what you were saying. It's like someday when I'll hire someone to help me with my business. I was like, no, it should be today. Cause like someday when you don't know when that will be the day actually never comes. That day is, I mean, it's the regret of, it's the regret of the dying. Yeah. Always. What am I going to do in 10 years? Be like, dang it. If I had the body I had when I was 39, <laughs> right? I'd wear that now. What? I'd wear that jean jacket. That doesn't dang make any it. sense. I love what you said though, about unraveling this idea. Like who am I too? And it's funny to me, like stepping into this, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm more in alignment than I've ever been in my life. Right. With helping women find their personal style. But the word stylist holds this like weird energy, which I think is funny to me because most of us have a hairstylist, right? And we don't feel that way about our hairstylist. So like, why does personal stylist feel like you've just upped it to a level like that you don't, but it's the same, like what you said, anytime that something's not your zone genius, it's just about getting support. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just about getting support. I mean, what if we called you a marketing stylist mm-hmm. instead? Um, like how does that sit differently with people yeah. um, instead of personal stylists? Because what what is happening is we're shaming ourselves yes. from living the life that we want and we crave. Yes. And we're putting it off. And it serves it certainly doesn't serve me, but it, it doesn't serve my family. Mm-hmm. And it or doesn't serve the world. The collective, yeah. It, it and- doesn't. I love the word personal stylist right now, because like when you said that, a part of me is like, oh yeah, or brand image consultant or whatever. But I love personal stylist only because I feel like this idea of having a personal brand has become something where people understand that no matter where, whether yeah, you 
whether you run a business, whether you're applying for a new job, whether you have a job, it's always about you and you're always selling yourself. And I have been in marketing for the last 15 years of my life. But when it comes to marketing myself and like doing my own website or writing things about my business, the biggest imposter syndrome comes up. And I think it's really important for us to like get away from that. Because like you said, it's the shame around telling you what I'm really good at. And it's the shame around saying, yes, this is my gift. And that just needs to go away. So we're going to yeah. shift the way people think about investing in themselves and it being your personal stylist because you do deserve it. Everybody does. And of course I feel that way, but I feel that way just because I've just seen women transform in yeah, a way absolutely. that you just can't put into words really. It's really this abstract kind of energy thing. It is. Absolutely. It's amazing. I could just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking to you because I love you so much and you make me laugh and not a lot of people make me laugh. So, and you know, that's my thing. Um, any <laughs> last piece of advice on scaling or any other Enneagram eight knowledge that we need to share on the podcast before we wrap it up? Uh, I would just say people who are interested in, um, growing their business or scaling their business or maybe working less. This is mm. my goal for the summer. Yeah. Um, so I want my kids to have a real summer this, this year. So uh -huh. I've been a single mom to one little boy up until just recently, right. I just got married. Um, and my new husband of uh, a week and a half Yay. has a little boy, the same age as my little boy. Um, and we've been dating for a few years now. Um, but I want the boys to have a real summer this year. And what does that look like for me? It means that I'm not like, it's my first summer not having a, a corporate job. Mm -hmm. And it's the first summer that I have control and that is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And so, but what is the desire of my heart is that I only work three days a week this summer. I love that. And three days a week this summer is probably like, three or four hours a day because I always have my workouts that take time and my, my food and, mm -hmm. you know, the things that the rhythm of my life, mm -hmm. rhythm of business that I want to maintain rhythm of business and business. And my life is like laundry and bills and the mm -hmm. things. Um, and I want those to feel smooth and easy. Um, and so I'm scaling my business this summer to stay in alignment with that that I will work like three days a week and we're going to set up the summer so that they're not rushing off to camp every, every day at 8 a.m. so that I can have a full work day to myself and I want to spend the summer with my kids hiking and, and being present and not feeling pulled and stressed. <sighs> and so to me, that's, that's called scaling also, right? Like how do we have this rhythm in our, in our lives that is aligned for our families? So okay. I just want to put that out there for other moms and families to like, when there's that calling in you to do something that feels really uncomfortable, um, there's a real reason for it. And but, so what am I going to do to do that is I'm going to like really ramp up for the next six weeks and I'm hiring more support than feels comfortable. Um, and it it's going to cost me some money, but, um, their time is cheaper than mine 
and I don't get the um, the summer between second and third grade back. No, you don't. And then it goes by really, really quick because this will be my summer between sixth and seventh grade, and I can't even imagine. And now that reality of like, shit, I only have six more summers with him. Like, just think of that. So, right, and how many of them does he want to spend with you? Like right now, <laughs> I'm actually kind of cool to the kids. Yeah, I think I'm I not have cool. about two years left. Yeah, I don't think I'm cool anymore. Like we went to Bush Gardens together over spring break, and I'm not sure if I was cool at all, but I think I'm cool. <laughs> I mean, they'll 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 recenter on that eventually. <laughs> I think that's the best thing you've said. And I think that's the perfect, perfect way to end this podcast of going after your goals and your dreams, but also centering that and aligning with who you just really want to be and how you want to be. I think that's so good. And you've really inspired me. I'm over here like taking notes about, Ooh, how do I want my summer to feel? Because it is my first summer too. Unfortunately, I got fired in the fucking end of August last summer. So my whole summer was gone. Right. So, and we were like balancing staying home and yeah, yeah. doing it all. And yeah. So I get a shot this summer. So thank you for that. And I'm sure that resonates with so many people. So uh, before I let you go, how can everyone get in touch with you and where should they be connecting with you? Um, I don't really know much about my social media stuff because it's not my zone of genius. Um, <laughs> but uh, Instagram is dot underscore rock. Nice. And oh. you can you can direct message me on that or go to rockconsulting.com. I have a hiring freebie that you can download um, and it gives you some steps to hiring with ease. Um, and then I also have a blog called oxygenfirst.com and that's where I am working to be more visible and share my stories and my life and the tips and tricks that I use in my personal life that bleed into my professional life um, to put on my oxygen mask first. Yes, I love that so much. I love that so, so much. Well, thank you, Dot, for being here today and having this conversation with me. It was amazing, as oh, always. Oh, I missed you already. <laughs> and we're not even done. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you.